0: I would speak to you in the name of the true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said, If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. One of my favorite high school classes was ninth grade English, especially the long unit on Greek mythology. The stories about Hercules always caught my attention. Hercules never disappointed. He was a son of Zeus, which Wasn't saying much since Zeus had the wanderlust and had quite a few uh, heirs out there. In fact, Hercules was the result of an illicit fling between Zeus and a mortal woman. Zeus's wife, Hera, wasn't pleased at all and thus took an instant and permanent dislike to Hercules, her husband's illegitimate son. She vowed to make his life as difficult as possible. Nevertheless, Hercules thrived. He became the strongest mortal on earth, with brains to match his brawn. At one point, Hera essentially tranquilized Hercules, cast a spell over him that drove him temporarily insane. Out of his mind and in a rage, she, he killed his wife and children. When he finally returned to his senses, he was so filled with remorse that he asked the famous oracle at Delphi how he could atone for his sins. The answer came to be known as the Twelve Labors of Hercules. Hercules would travel far and wide, performing great heroic good deeds that many thought were impossible. Most of the labors involved capturing or killing various monsters that would terrorize populations. But the one labor that I remember the best was the challenge to clean the Augean stables in one day. The Augean stables housed 3,000 head of cattle and hadn't been cleaned in 30 years. They were beyond hope. Hercules was in deep doo-doo, but this time he used brains as well as brawn. He dug channels and rerouted two rivers to flow through the stables and flushed them clean. Once again, Hercules triumphed. Hercules never disappointed. With his strength and smarts, he could do anything. The first time I read how Hercules accomplished the 12 labors, the story inspired me. It told me that no dirty, rotten mess could forever elude a human solution. With brain power and even brute force, the human potential to overcome any obstacle is unlimited. The story of Hercules suggests that we can do anything. What is more, even Jesus seemed to strike a similar optimistic note in today's gospel reading from Luke. Jesus had been speaking to his disciples about all the difficulties they would encounter as, as his followers. In the section leading up to the reading today, he warned them about temptations to sin that they would have to resist, the need to be exemplary role models, and the call for unlimited forgiveness It was at this point that they cried with exasperation, Increase our faith! Give us the resources to do this! Increase our faith! But Jesus bid them not to worry. If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. The writer of Matthew's Gospel records Jesus to have said much the same thing. With the same small amount of faith, it would be possible to command the mountain to move from here to there, and it would obey you. In other words, if you have a little faith, just a little bit of faith, you can do anything. Really, I can do anything. Do tell me what type of faith is necessary, because I'd like more of it myself. Please and thank you very much. Many people will interpret the type of faith Jesus is talking about here as the same thing as belief. What you need is stronger belief in the power of God in order to command, in order to move mountains and plant trees in the middle of the sea. Believe in God, and anything is possible. If the tree just stares at you when you commanded to move, it's because you didn't believe it was going to move in the first place. You doubted. You lacked confidence. You lacked the necessary amount of faith. Increase our faith. Others will say that belief is one thing, but what Jesus really meant by faith is the willingness and the readiness to act on what you believe. If you believe God wants the tree moved and it doesn't obey you, then dig it up and move it. If the door won't open, turn the knob. If the sickness won't depart, see a doctor. God works primarily through people, by merging his spirit with our spirits, so faith is taking seriously the inspiration of God and ourselves as agents of God. It's to apply a Herculean effort towards making things on earth more like we imagine them to be in heaven. But trees planted in the middle of the sea? It sounds preposterous, doesn't it? Why would anyone even want to do such a thing? I remember in the late 1980s when I was a student at General Seminary in Chelsea. I was an avid runner in those days, and the only place nearby to go for a good long stretch without red lights and traffic was along the Hudson River. Back then, the waterfront was a horrible, abandoned mess full of empty warehouses, broken glass, hypodermic needles, and rotting piers. But today? Today, it's a beautiful stretch of luxurious green. Many of the piers jutting out into the river are now parks with open lawns and mature trees. What an amazing transformation. Over the past 35 years, I never would have thought it possible on my runs in seminary days. It's an accomplishment that should make New Yorkers justifiably proud. Did faith in the power of God have anything to do with it? Some would say yes, and some would say no. But the fact is, we now have fully grown trees planted in the middle of the sea or the river, as the case may be. Perhaps we really can do anything we set our minds to doing. Or perhaps not. What I am concerned about are the mountains we cannot move and the trees we cannot adapt to any new location. We all have in our lives the Augien stables with deep doo-doo that we cannot clean no matter how hard we might try. What I mean is this. The animosity between you and a family member or co-worker you aren't able to heal. The illness that isn't going away. The job you haven't been able to land, the marriage you weren't able to save, the soulmate you haven't been able to find, the dreams you cannot fulfill, the sins for which you cannot atone, the angst you feel over the years that are slipping away. These are the intractable dilemmas of life that defy all our Herculean efforts to solve them. Thus, many people struggle with their sense of self-worth. It's not so much that they feel like sinners in the hands of an angry God. Rather, they feel like failures who have not found the simple happiness that everyone else seems to be enjoying. Is the answer then to double your effort? Does increased faith equal increased work? And effort? In today's reading from Luke, Jesus followed up on his words with a parable. He asked his listeners to envision a small farm typical of their day. The household staff would consist of one servant whose duties included many things, um, uh, uh, including plowing the fields and tending the sheep and seeing to the domestic arrangements of dinner. The servant works exceptionally hard, and what he hopes for as a reward at the end of the day is a place at the table. With such a goal in mind, the servant exerts great effort in the fields to prove his worth. Perhaps he will hear the master say, Come here at once and take your place at the table. Sadly, the master says nothing like it. Instead, the servant hears, Prepare supper for me. Put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink. Later, you may eat and drink. Even worse, Jesus comments that the proper response from the servant and from you and me, under such circumstances, is only this. We are worthless slaves. We have only done what we ought to have done. Thanks a lot, Jesus. I'll keep that in mind the next time I'm struggling with my self-esteem. <laughs> I don't think that parable or Luke 17:10 is anyone's favorite scripture passage. It sounds especially cruel. But is it? Actually, I think that in a backhanded sort of way, the parable is especially kind, not cruel. What it does is to expose a lie. It exposes the lie that any herculean effort will make us worthy to stand before God. Even Greek mythology at times hints at such theological truth. In fact, the 12 labors of Hercules were a cruel joke the whole time spiteful Hera was pulling the strings. She had the oracle of Delphi in her back pocket and designed the various labors to kill, or at least humiliate Hercules, not allow him to atone for his sins. The whole thing was cruel, just as it would be cruel to encourage the servant in the parable to keep on trying. Don't stop believing. One of these days you're going to earn a place at the master's table. One of these days, you're going to hear the master say, come here at once and take your place at the table. It's not going to happen. Is that where it ends then for the servant? Forever waiting on the table, but never sitting down to eat? A life of endless, thankless labor? It may be where it ends in the kingdoms of this world, but it is not where it ends in the kingdom of God. In today's reading from 2 Timothy, we've heard St. Paul speak of another way, the only way to be seated at the master's table. It's the way of grace. Paul invites us to rely not on our own strength, Herculean though it may be, but on the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. He goes on. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Imagine, God's purpose and grace has always been to seat us at his table. The appearance of Jesus in the world represents God pulling out a chair and offering each of us a place. Understand the scope of this. Each one of us here today gathers at God's table to enjoy a foretaste of the heavenly banquet. We're here not because we deserve to be, but because God's gracious invitation placed us here. We are servants at the master's table. We are like trees planted in the sea. What sustains us in a place where we have no natural power to be, it is the grace of God. What sustains us in existence is the love of God. These days I am no longer running alongside the Hudson River. My knees protest too much. So now I am on a bicycle, rather than on foot, still enjoying the Greenway. Lately, a new creation called Little Island has taken hold out in the river. It's an entire city park suspended on concrete columns that some say look like tulips and others say look like stiletto high heels. Little Island includes green rolling hills and groves of mature trees. From the bike path, you can see that the trees are suspended out there, almost as if on air. The roots of the trees have no depth of soil to anchor them in existence. In times of severe drought, I imagine the trees, unable to send roots through the columns, would wither like the grass and die. For them it would be water, water everywhere, nor any drop to drink. So what sustains the trees out there? I'm not an arborist, but my guess is that no matter how large and proud the trees may grow, they are utterly dependent on the continued ministrations of those who planted them in the sea. Whenever I pedal past Little Island, I realize that those trees are a parable of us, full of ourselves, though at times we may be. We who share this thing called existence are like trees planted in the sea, and it is God who holds our souls in life. We are servants at the Master's table, who invites us to sit not weighing our merits, but pardoning our offenses. Today, the astonishing word of the Lord is that the maker of all things has indeed said to us, come here at once and take your place at the table. Taste and see how gracious the Lord is. Then, having been nourished at God's table, filled with the Spirit of Christ, and assured that nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God, what is to stop us from going forth in peace to love and serve the Lord? Indeed, we can do all things through Him who strengthens us. Amen.